Welcome back to Personal Puzzles Podcast. I'm Ashley. And I'm Bill. And we're going to get into this. This is our third episode and kind of start off where we left off last time and see where it takes us from there. Mm-hmm. Where did we leave off last time? We left off um, at the buses right before you deployed. Okay, cool. So what do you want to talk about today? I figured we could talk about how deployment was. We probably had very different experiences mm-hmm. um, being newly in love. And I figured we could read one of at least one of my letters. Um, I think that my letter has kind of that juxtaposition view where I am experiencing life one way while you're experiencing life another. Mm-hmm. What yeah. do you want to talk about today? I don't know. Uh, I I figured it would just be fine talking about the deployment things that we went through. Uh, We got these letters we talked about in the last episode that we could read over this episode just for some storytelling purposes and conversation pieces. Um, But I don't know. I think it'd be interesting to kind of talk about our mindsets and our opinions of one another like as our relationship was growing mm-hmm. uh, and we were talking to each other through like snail mail yep we didn't get a lot of time to talk on the phone or we got a little bit of time on facebook so basically let's start off where we left off mm-hmm. yeah yeah so getting on the buses flying over to Manas, where we mustered. So usually when you deploy, you mm-hmm. don't go straight to the place that you're going to end up at. There's a couple stops in between. Takes a couple days, right? Yeah, you do some leapfrogging. Like you go to, you know, we went to like Germany, Ireland, then to Manas, and then Manas to Afghanistan. And then when we got to Afghanistan, we stayed in Leatherneck for a little bit. And then we, uh, got sent to our area of operations which is is um our aoo ao so if i say ao i'm just shortening it so i don't have to say area of operations every time i talk about it yeah so those first few days we still had some phone calls we had facebook um at some point in time we told each other we loved each other at Mm -hmm. that point so we had been together all of 48 hours yeah yeah (laughs) before we made it official and then we made it official and from there we decided we were just gonna say we loved each other so Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. we launched right into that relationship did we say i love you within 48 hours we got together and then said i love you at least before you made it to your ao okay i i feel like i do remember saying it at least somewhere between Manas and Afghanistan. So we we just hopped right into that relationship. Mm-hmm. We, we were there right from the beginning yeah. to kind of give you an idea where we were. I mean, he... Who said it first? I think you did. But I say it first. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you said it first. I feel like I'd be the one to say it first. You were in love on the first day mm-hmm. after all. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. What was it like for you when I told you I loved you then? Um, I mean, at that point, I was definitely taken aback, but also feeling big feelings. I mean, I had made the decision to stay with you while you were in Afghanistan for seven months. Um, So 
I was also a little scared because it had just started. Um, I had never said I love you to somebody that quickly. And actually, it was the first time I was saying I love you to somebody since my last relationship, like years before. Um, But I was all in. I mean, you were in Afghanistan. I knew that you were in a... What's the word you called it? Kinetic? Kinetic, yeah. Yeah, kinetic area. Um, And I knew that I wasn't probably going to talk to you a lot. So I was going to take advantage of all the time that I had. Mm -hmm. What what made you say I love you at that point? Do you remember? Uh, Probably just the level of my uh, helpless romantic self and like. (laughs) Uh, like I said um, before when we were talking about this um, off the podcast, I think that it was you were giving me the same amount of energy that I was giving you in terms of the relationship. Um, because before you mentioned that, um, you know, that you've always been called the clingy one. And then in my relationships, I've always been called the clingy one. And so when we got together, <laughs> we were just clinging on to each other. <laughs> and and I think that's really what I was just like looking for in a relationship a lot. Um, a lot of the times. And because I found it, I think it was just easy for me to just not be afraid to come just be like i love you cool karma thing so karma likes to bark at any and all sounds so we'll just deal with that as that comes along and mm-hmm. you'll come on that journey with us yeah. anyway yeah i think for me i realized how much i liked you when you were getting on the bus mm-hmm. I, that was the moment for me where i was like oh i almost <laughs> saying goodbye to him so So before Karma started barking, I was talking about how at the bus was the moment where I realized how much I really liked you Mm -hmm. because I Mm -hmm. almost missed seeing you get on the bus. And Mm -hmm. I think if I had missed seeing you get on the bus, I wouldn't have been able to put that feeling to a person and like get that feeling back from you Mm -hmm. so i don't know where we would have been but i think seeing you and hugging you and like seeing how much you really did like me and you Mm -hmm. really were excited to see me i was really disappointed that i didn't get more of that time because i know that like waiting around on the buses is forever and i literally we got like what five minutes before you had to get on the bus yeah um and yeah so in that moment was when i really realized how much i liked you Mm. and what was it like for you watching me leave um i don't need it was a surreal moment like it was definitely one of those moments where i was like i feel like i'm in a movie right now so i guess that would be totally like a disembodied moment um and I don't think I had enough of a relationship with you truly to be able to be sad, sad, but I was like, oof, like he's gone now. And I was making a really big decision at that point in time to decide to stick by you through seven months when we hadn't even really made it official yet. Yeah. But you weren't feeling like stressed or anxious or anything like that. 
No, I didn't really know what I was walking into. Like, I definitely had experience with the military world, but like, I never really full on dated a Marine that's going through deployment that I have these feelings for. Um, honestly. <laughs> Karma, I think, is done barking at this point. So you were saying that this is like the first time like you've been in relationships with uh, m military guys before or you know what it was like. No, I was saying I didn't know what it was like to be in a relationship with a military mm, guy okay. that had been deployed. So I didn't really even know what I was walking into, really. Mm. And we had only just gotten together, so I didn't have an opportunity to miss you even yeah. necessarily because we hadn't built up our relationship enough to be able to really miss each other like that. Yeah. What are you feeling? I, I think what I was going through all the way there, uh, definitely some anxiety, maybe some feelings of FOMO and stuff. Mm. Um, like here I am just like now kind of like in this relationship with a girl and I'm getting sent to Afghanistan and then I'm like, oh shit, like, you know, there's a good possibility, you know, I don't even, actually, I don't even think I thought about the possibility of not coming back at that time. I think, uh, I think what I was more, um, that I was more like annoyed about or stressed about or anxious about was the fact that like, I was like, cool, man, like now I, now I'm going to Afghanistan and I'm going to be spending time with a bunch of fucking dudes for seven months. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was probably where it was. And, and, you know, I think because I had such like a great time with you before leaving, like, I think it just made it even more of a anxiety. Like I said, FOMO, like yeah. fear of missing out on, yeah. on the first seven months of our relationship that we could have. And, yeah, I, I mean, reading through, I only read through a couple of our letters. Well, our letters, my letters, I wrote a million. Um, but a lot of the theme is that I am just seeing everybody with their significant other. And all I can do is think about being with you and how I was just jealous of everybody because mm -hmm. they got to be around their guy. And I had just started this relationship, but had not yet really gotten to build it, but still felt this really strong connection. So it's kind of felt like our relationship wasn't legitimate. Like people wouldn't really identify our relationship as legitimate because we had just gotten together. And yeah. now over deployment, we're spending five minute phone calls every what, 10 days, maybe two weeks. Yeah. Sometimes we got Facebook um, but really we were talking like every 10 days and it really wasn't that much. So our communication was really just built off my 85,000 letters and some Facebook and occasional phone calls. I, I distinctly remember when I was flying, really just being really intent on trying to like contact you as much as I could and as often as I could because I knew where I was going uh, I wasn't going to have a lot of opportunities to communicate because 
I was going to an area that wasn't very built up. So there wasn't going to be a lot of like phone calls or like marine welfare rooms or the M dubs is what we called them. Um, you know, where the computers are with like Facebook and like all these things. Uh, At this time where you were going wasn't really built up. So right. all you had was what we called sat phones, satellite phones. Yeah. And you I had- didn't even know I was going to have those though. Like I didn't know what to expect. So like I was always stressed out and like anxious about trying to contact you as much as possible before I was like boots on the ground in Afghanistan. Because I didn't know what to expect. And, and then when you guys did get, I don't even know that you guys had sat phones at the beginning, actually. I don't know that you even no, did. We didn't, we didn't start using satellite phones until, um, how many dudes to one sat phone yeah. too? Well, I remember when I got to our, our AO and we got to our, um, company, uh, forward operating base or FOB for those of you who don't know what that is uh, now you do so I'm just going to shore and it's a fob for now on um, when we got to our company fob we had one phone for how many dudes for a bunch I don't even know like over you know like a hundred or so um, well not 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 the entire company because one platoon first platoon was set off into they had like a platoon fob that they were operating out of and then my platoon and then the third platoon with a mixture of weapons platoon guys and both of our platoons um were all staying at the fob and then we were doing rotations out to patrol bases um every week so first and third platoon would switch out doing patrol bases every week um but we had this one phone for the entire fob and like it was just like a normal landline phone that was connected to whatever it was connected to um but we got that we didn't start using sat phones until later in the deployment where we when we permanently moved out of the fob and my platoon got pushed out to uh, a platoon fob essentially um, but that wasn't until like I want to say like March or April or I want to say March is when we got pushed out there yeah but you had phones before that yeah we had the, the landline phone um, yeah we had every time I called you like that one time you know that convert when we were talking about this before the podcast before we were recording that that time that we were talking to you that you got booked as a photographer for a wedding mm-hmm. um, I called you from that landline phone on oh, the company phone yeah. I always thought it was a sat phone no 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 it was like a landline phone oh. yeah oh well I mean, so we still only got phone call like, through that whole time. We really only got. Well, to yeah, because I wasn't I wasn't at the fob all the time. Right. And when I was, it was like usually when we the only time that we were at the company fob was the stand post. Like if you were if you were out of rotation, you were back at the fob. Your platoon was doing working parties and standing post. And then because of the time difference, like if I was awake, you wouldn't be. So I wouldn't, mm-hmm. I wasn't going to call you. 
I um, remember like anytime I, I but you could have called me that's the thing like if you are a military significant other have been at any point during a significant other's deployment you know that that phone rings and you pick it up you sleep with it in mm-hmm. your hand next to your ear you do anything that you can to make yourself wake up turn it on as loud as you can i would answer my phone while i was at work i wasn't supposed to have my phone but i pretty much was like listen my my boyfriend's in afghanistan i'm gonna answer the phone Mm -hmm. nobody really had a problem with that Uh, um but i remember one time being at work and my phone was like underneath on a shelf somewhere and I missed a phone call and the person working at the front desk with me was like um I think you missed a phone call I was like oh my god I missed two phone calls I almost started crying thank god you called me back a third time um but that was always the hope like you if you didn't recognize the telephone number you answered it and if you missed a telephone call with a telephone number that you didn't know, you really hoped that you would get a second phone call. I feel like you would let people go through the line and then try to call back again. Yeah, it depended. It, it depended on a couple things. Like if if there was no one in line for the phone, like I would try a couple times. Mm-hmm. Um, and if there was a big line, I tried once and then like go away and either go to sleep or do something else with my free time. Yeah, anytime I missed a phone call, that was that was bad day. Mm-hmm. Bad day. Mm-hmm. I remember like I can even like feel it now in me, like just that despair of missing a phone call and knowing there is absolutely no way to get back in touch with you. Like mm-hmm. no Facebook message, no he'll call me in 10 minutes no he'll call me in 12 hours like if you missed that phone call you're and there's no secondary phone call you missed that phone call and i remember missing like a couple phone calls from you and just being absolutely broken but the only thing that kept me going was knowing that i got the phone call or that other people were getting phone calls because as long as other people were getting phone calls that meant that comms weren't down Mm -hmm. and if comms were down that meant something bad so as long as other people were getting phone calls I was able to keep like I had friends that were um, with other guys in different platoons, different squads. And so as long as I knew they were getting messages, I felt okay. Mm -hmm. But there was that one phone call that you placed where I knew it was a goodbye call. You didn't tell me it was a goodbye call, but I knew that it was a goodbye call. Yeah, I was going to bring that up since we were talking about phone calls. I was like going to say like, you know, speaking of phone calls, you got you got like one specific phone call that was basically like me telling you, I was like, all right, cool. So like, you know, we're about to go do this operation. And at the time, if you want to look it up, it's called Operation Mostrock. You can look it up on Wikipedia and stuff. And basically what it was, um, it was the invasion of Marja, which at the time was a Taliban stronghold. Um, and my unit had been tasked to do the feint. And if you don't know what a feint is, the feint is basically a fake full on frontal assault on an objective that the intention was to pull the Taliban out of the city to fight us on the way so another unit could come in from the air and back cap 
the city pretty much so you were the carrot that they were dangling yeah pretty much like we and so <laughs> the day <laughs> I remember the day before, like we were that operation. Um, we they like they brought us a bunch of really nice food, and and in a log train, and a log train is basically a bunch of trucks that fucking bring you supplies and shit. Um, and we unloaded that, and then after we unloaded like the steak and shit like that, it was a bunch of body bags, like just a shit ton of body bags. <laughs> That is some fucked up yeah, shit right yeah, there. Yeah. Here's some good food, but in yeah. case you forgot where you were. Yeah. yeah. So uh, so that was pretty, that was like a, the most surreal moment in my in my time over there. I was, well. Yeah. One of the most surreal yeah. times. The other one, the other one is when uh, some civilian contractors got hit by an IED and we had to like catalog their gear to get sent home that shit was weird um and it was like all bloody and shit like that too so that was like kind of because that was the first time in afghanistan that like i was dealing with like a death but it wasn't like a significant death for yeah. me specifically um but that was weird i was like damn like people wore this shit when they died so that mm -hmm. was weird for me um so but that that moment i'm talking about now with like the body bags and the <laughs> and the and the burgers and the steaks and all the good shit i just thought it was funny i was like and we all like had really uh, dark humor about it i mean that's basically what you got to do who who the yeah. fuck gets to pull out the steak dinner for themselves and then mm -hmm. also hey maybe this body bag i'll be in later like there's really no other way to deal with that in your brain than be dark af yeah so so yeah i i definitely made the call to you to let you know that hey if you don't hear from me in a while this is i'm i'm doing a thing and yeah I, but it was like really like and i might die by the way <laughs> but you didn't say that the first yeah. call like but i knew i was like that call the way your tone of voice was the things you were saying about like you were going oh yeah out. i had to say it a specific way yeah. because we weren't allowed to because of operational security like we yeah. weren't allowed to say specific things yeah um, just and in case the bad guys find out or someone posts something on facebook and the taliban and finds it yeah so but given the specific way it was said the tone in which it was said i knew and so we hung up and i felt icky about it but then you called me back later and we kind of I pretty much asked you, was that like a goodbye call? And you pretty much told me, yeah. Yeah. And um, I remember just feeling like, okay, this is like a formality, but like also like, oh, I didn't, it's such a weird thing to look back on. Like, I really didn't have feelings if I think about it, but like, how do you have feelings? I really didn't like, I, you can't know exactly what's going on over there so you kind of imagine things but like you know that you're imagining things so it's sort of real but sort of not real mm -hmm. especially now without like social media or like during that time there wasn't any social media usage or like so it was really just me imagining you and it was just my imagination yeah and so it could go 
either way, but because it was just my imagination, I never got to fully feel a lot of the feelings. Mm -hmm. I think I finally felt those feelings when you came home, honestly, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because how do you have those feelings? Yeah. Yeah, I, I guess I can understand that. Like you probably, I, I don't know. I guess for, for you, because everything was so new and moving so fast, I think there's really like no time to concern yourself with mm-hmm. thinking about that or feeling those particular things. I mean, also you can't, like you cannot sit there and think that. Well, think about it every yeah. day. Like, okay, shit. Like, you know, you just think about it not happening. Yes, I'm crying. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> um but that that was like i would say like our our deployment was pretty kinetic like um, very involved lots of firefights even before that it it was pretty like any any time i went out west to one of the patrol bases we had was man man bear pig and anytime we went out west it was like all right dude buckle up we're gonna get shot at today (laughs) like every time um you really kept a lot of that from me, except for when you would. Well, yeah. Why would I? Why would I tell anyone any of that shit? Like, uh, because I wanted you to conf- like. I did want you to confide in me and like. Yeah. No, you didn't. No, you, no, you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> there, like that. A lot of the shit that you know you deal with on a daily basis. Like a lot of people, just like it's a lot to deal with. You know? Yeah, and, I mean, and I feel like at the time. Yeah, looking back, looking like, back for I, sure. I, knew, I was like, there's no way I'm gonna fucking share this shit with her, man. I mean, looking back for sure, I don't think that that was the appropriate time. Yeah. But I also think it did play a role later on in our relationship because you you were dealing with a lot of things that I don't think. I knew you were dealing with because I didn't know much of your experience in Afghanistan. I mean, I knew some things and I heard all of the repeat stories that you felt you could share with people when you came back. But I was still very removed from, and even then when you would tell stories, I felt removed because it's not it's not the person that I live with I guess mm-hmm. and what I what do you mean it's not the person you live with um I mean I know that you have to compartmentalize I think mm-hmm. I, I think like disassociate yeah disassociate compartmentalize, yeah. compartmentalize yeah. like it, you it's still you but like you have to make decisions and you have certain rules and culture that you live by with Mm -hmm. the military. And while that is you, that is also very different from the person that I live with. Yeah. Yeah. So like very much like Marine bill and personable Mm -hmm. personal bill is two different people. I, I would agree with that to a certain extent. Like, even 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 after the military like i struggled with that that identity those two identities rather you know mm-hmm. uh so like because they very much were two different people mm-hmm. very much yeah and- um and and like i almost had to have like i had to be the other guy yeah 
in order to survive in military culture. Yeah, um, I mean, even the person that you came back as after, specifically right after deployment, mm. I remember, well, yeah. yeah. We can save that for our next episode. Okay. Um, but, like, I, I, I can agree with your earlier statement about like things you didn't you don't think about during deployment right like for me even while i was there um like it was like (laughs) afghanistan for the first few months for me was just like it was just like uh an action-packed vacation you know what i mean like vacation yeah like you know uh there, well, I don't for, think anybody would define what you were there, living in as a vacation. Is, there, <laughs> there is a type of tourist. I forget what it's called. Like extreme oh, dark tour- tourism. Dark tourism. Like people like that who are like, yeah, dude, let's go to a fucking Ukraine and like see the war firsthand. Like that kind of shit. But like, you know, except I was in the war, fighting the war, you know, like getting shot at and sending rounds back. So I you were getting some yeah and I was like you know as a marine infantry marine specifically like that's the kind of shit you 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 were doing your job yeah exactly and at the time like all the things that you had trained for all the things you had thought about and it was like planned for and it was it was kind of fun there there was yeah 20 years old I know and there was a high that came with it Oh, and, for sure. I'm sure. And deployment didn't get real for me until after the first KIA, the first casualty we had. Yeah. Which was one of Third Platoon's guys, minor. Um, and like, then it was like, oh shit. Like, obviously, I knew in my mind it wasn't a game, but like, I, I said, I was like, oh man, this shit just got fucking real. Like, it ain't a game. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, like if something were to have happened to you while you were out there yeah. for me, that would have made it more real. Yeah. But because you were so far away, for me, it was just like you were really far away. And all like that's what I mean by all the things that I imagined. Yeah. Like you can only imagine it so much to where it feels real, like same kind of thing. Like you can only go out there. You experienced all this stuff and you knew people were dying. But until it was somebody that was your own, you didn't feel the reality of war until that moment yeah right right and then you know that that's kind of like when for me after that first kia like that was kind of killed in action is what kia stands for but that was the first that's like kind of when my deployment got like my mentality shifted yeah for for me um and then like, you know, then we had two other KIAs and then we had a WIA, which is wounded in action. And he got sent home early. And I remember the last memorial we did, like that's when I started to see like the humanity and specifically my senior Marines, you know, like the guys who I previously didn't necessarily like because they were kind of fucking assholes. Um, but then like, you know, because pretty much every person who lost their life on my first deployment was a senior Marine. Mm-hmm. Like, not, we didn't lose any of my peers. Mm-hmm. And 
So like here I am like seeing these guys that I previously fucking hated because they were fucking assholes and they were, they you know spent time hazing us and like being shitheads, and then like seeing a, a level of humanity in them kind of made me feel sorry for them mm-hmm. at the same time. And then that's kind of when like when people started dying, that was kind of when the veil between senior and junior marine kind of got everybody was on the same page everyone was on the same page and and like people started to make like better relationships with their senior marines at least that was the experience i had and and that i saw um there there were some individuals there in, in certain platoons who had really good relationships with their seniors because they weren't assholes um but you know for the most part like you know, people stopped being assholes to each other, with the exceptions of a few people. Yeah, um, a few people just are were always assholes and <laughs> always will be, in my opinion. But um, yeah, so like, even even for me though, like I never got to a point. If if anything, I I got so desensitized over there that like nothing like everything paled in comparison oh, you know like everything uh, does and pale yeah, in comparison <laughs> right and like and i didn't and i didn't have time to give a shit about anything other than like like i like i got to a point like you know when there when dustin was doing a documentary about you and i yeah um and we'll talk about that on this podcast at some point i'm sure um one of the things I talked about is like, you know, you get so fucking tired of being over there that you start playing these fucking mind games with your friends. Mm-hmm. Mind. Like mind games. I know, but yeah, I'm going to call them mine. Yeah. Mind games. Yeah. yeah. Like, because you see something like, oh, that looks like a suspected IED. And then your friend's like, oh, no balls, dude. I'm like, yeah, right, dude. I'll go fucking step on it. You go step on it. Nothing happens. Um, and like people have stepped on dud IEDs before, by the way. Um, but like, <laughs> it's such a weird state of mind to talk about. And I still think about that. And I'm like, dude, what the fuck? <laughs> like, what the fuck were we doing? Like, we were over there literally just like gambling. Yes. You know? Well, you were gambling every day anyway. Yeah. So why the fuck not be the one that's in charge of the gamble? Yeah. And it's such an interesting thing to look at from like a human psyche perspective, like the human psyche, where it's like how adaptable it is. Yeah. Where, it'll just. Because it's just like, ah, all right, cool. Like, this is my life now. Like, who fucking Dark cares anymore? Like, and you just get so tired of it too like when when you, you start to see it like when people's friends start getting blown up by ieds and then you go talk to the dude who had the id buried in his fucking property and you're like yo how this ied get here and he's like i don't know man and we're like okay you're fucking bullshitting us and there's nothing you can do about it because rules of engagement and like you you know no one's gonna go out there and commit a war crime some people do but no one that i knew did um you know i mean you hear about people committing war crimes all the time um but like you know there there's nothing that you can do about it you're just like okay i'll take your fucking word for it i guess and then you you just walk off and then probably somewhere down the line that dude's fucking sons are gonna start shooting at you at some point yeah 
and it was just a it's just a weird thing you know like even even there's weird to live in a place where you know regardless you're not welcome yeah and and like on top of that like yeah you get into firefights and then you know because of your roes and no one wants to get in trouble roes rule of engagement um and you don't want to get in trouble like you know you have these guys pick up a gun they shoot at you and then they drop the gun and then they walk away yeah and then there there have been times where i've gotten to firefights and like one firefight in particular that lasted about 10 hours i remember getting into a firefight and then like watching all the military aged males like walk away and because we didn't have positive identification on the people who were shooting at us other than just our known assumptions that these are probably the guys who are shooting at us we didn't do anything and even if we stopped and tried to detain these individuals if there was nothing on them that suggested that they were taliban we would have had to let them go so they just dropped their guns so and they you just, couldn't see yeah. anything so therefore you couldn't engage with them because you couldn't identify directly that these were the dudes that yeah, were shooting exactly. at yeah because most of the time when you're getting shot at by the taliban you're getting shot at from like concealed positions they're usually in like dried up wadis which is basically like a dried creek bed or like um irrigation canals that are dried out or they're shooting at you from murder holes in a in a fucking mud hut building there's been times where we have taken contact from people living inside buildings in this actually the same particular firefight and we would freaking return fire and shoot every window and door and then the next thing you know they're pushing like a little girl into the doorway nice <laughs> you know what i mean and yeah. you're like okay okay like what the fuck dude you know what i mean yeah and then there's been times where guys have sent fucking um you know like uh smalls which is a basically a shoulder fire rocket launcher that assault men carry and then they're firing these things into compound buildings and then you go do a fucking battle damage assessment and then you're like okay there are a couple dead fucking taliban in here military aged males with weapons but then there's also like dead families in there and shit as yeah. well and so it's like you don't have any choice but to be like okay like this is my life for seven months yeah and so it's like when when and these are things that I've never told you about. I know. Yeah. And so it's like when you tell when you would like try to tell me things about your problems, I'd be like, I really don't fucking give a shit. Like, yeah. And nothing will ever compare to Afghanistan. So when you're on the other side, it is I mean, nothing will ever compare to that, right? Yeah. So how do you even say like... Well, how I'm, can you ever feel validated right. in your problems? And how could you ever feel comfortable talking to me right. about your issues? And that, that and, started even then. Yeah, I mean, and that was... <laughs> and we were just a brand new couple at that point. Hmm, I wonder where all of our communication stuff has come from. <laughs> the first seven months of our relationship <laughs> oh uh, 
is this couples therapy? Did yeah. I start couples therapy on a podcast and not even know it? Yeah. I mean, so a big a big thing for you is feeling feeling like you are able to talk to me about your problems and feeling safe about it and something I haven't been good at. Well, in, you got much better in the past well, yeah. several years. Yeah, that yeah, that is but it took some work, some interpersonal work to get there for sure. Um what are you signing to I'm me? I'm trying just to tell say, you to get closer to the mic. Okay. You are like way back here. <laughs> yeah. So just say it next time. She's okay. like giving I'm me hand okay. signs. I'm like, what are you trying to tell me? Just say. <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah. I mean, for deployment, I didn't really ever get. I mean, I could read my letter. This would be a perfect yeah. example of. Yeah, read read it because you know you you were telling me like how you felt like you couldn't tell okay. me about anything. All right, so um, this is well into deployment. This is like two months before they get back, so this is in April. My love, it's been two weeks since I last wrote. Life is busy, and working at night leaves my time to write a tired time. I feel awful. It's been far too long, but I'm working hard over here to make ends meet and be able to stay. It would be easier if I lived in town, but for you, I'll stay over here. So I was working um, two jobs at this point to try and stay on the windward side of the island, which is where the military base was that he was staying at. Um back to the letter i gotta tell you i'm pissed at you and probably will be until we talk again our last convo ended with you doing the whole i sweat all the time i don't shower i walk five clicks to get here and i worry about dying every time i patrol up north i love you gotta go nice really fucking nice you think i don't know it's shitty over there you think i uh, you think i think you're twiddling your thumbs no i know it's not nice over there i know it's scary and i know it's not home and i know you want to be done i know i may not be i know i may not know what it is like over there but i also don't deserve to be spoken to like that when all i was trying to do was have a conversation and give you a moment away from it all guess what no i'm not in afghanistan and no i don't have half as shitty as you do but it's not a party over here either i'm not going to get into my money issues car issues my school issues or the whole waiting patiently thing bottom line i know i signed up for this and every time we talk i didn't really bring up three and a three quarters of what was going on because nothing compares to afghanistan but you need to understand i've got a lot of tough shit going on in my life too I love you more than I ever have loved anyone and I'm still myself and I'm not going to make up excuses for you uh, days where you're a jerk to me. In quotations, he's a Marine is not an acceptable excuse for me. So remember that. Remember that I love you and do everything I can. I'm not trying to throw this in your face because I made the choice to be here every day. We make the choice to be together through it all. But please do not take that for granted. I love you every day and I feel like the world is moving around me and I'm standing still because ultimately every day I wake up waiting for June to be here. I get up out of bed and do things with my life and I'm productive. But without you here, I share it all. I share it all with... Without you here to share it all with, life seems a little less amazing. And then I go on to talk dirty stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, the photography um, job that I had, I talk about um, that he brought up earlier. And then I'm sorry about my angry rant, um, but there needed 
but it needed to happen and you needed to know leaving off with and i'm always worried about dying when i patrol up north isn't the best way to end a a conversation especially when we don't know when the next time we will talk will be never go to bed mad at each other and we will stay up till 4 a.m if we have to if it means we aren't going to bed mad patiently waiting always and forever xoxo ash so I don't personally think that that was an appropriate time or place to bring up my feelings, but I think that is a good example of what it, what it is like and what you can feel like on the other end. And it doesn't, it doesn't compare it. It never will compare. So you're constantly just like feeling almost feeling shitty that you feel shitty. So you feel like an asshole for feeling annoyed about life or, feeling stressed out about life because i mean the other option is what afghanistan so like Mm -hmm. it's yeah you don't feel validated in your own struggles because your partner is going through something that you perceive to be more difficult i mean not perceived it was more difficult and i mean it doesn't mean that what i didn't have going on what i had going on wasn't difficult because it was but it definitely isn't war um which is why i don't think the letter was the appropriate place to bring that up maybe i should have had that conversation on the phone but i don't know again it sounds like based on that phone or that letter it sounds like we had a lot of phone calls where it really was just i don't give a fuck like you were saying earlier like i just don't care yeah deployment deployment was just weird because i I, like when reading your letter like i was thinking about other times because my deployment at some point slowed down to the point where it got fucking so boring because mm-hmm. it was like i mean like dude the first the first six months of deployment was just like fucking non-stop like action and it was like fuck yeah so this was towards um, the end yeah and this was towards the end this is like when um pb pool was established so pb pool was named after one of the marines we lost Lance Corporal Poole, um, he was he was KI by an IED, and um, so something that Marine Corps units do is they name their bases after people that they've lost. Um, and we had we had PB Minor, which was third platoon's permanent PB, and then we had PB Pool, which was second platoon's permanent PB. And this was after the invasion of Marja, kind of leveled out and this was probably i'm going to say like march march april time frame if i remember correctly so we only had like what like four three months left two months two to three months left you got back in june yeah so and, and at that point like because it gets so hot in afghanistan the taliban likes to go on a vacation until like the the fucking fall comes and the weather gets a little bit cooler they like to fight in like the fall winter and the fucking spring because it's too hot otherwise for them to fight um which i think is pretty funny to me still uh (laughs) just take a break on the war for now yeah it's fine it's too hot yeah it's too hot for me to be at war (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah that shit cracks me up to this day um but like you get to the point where like everything was so kinetic so active so action-packed and then you get to a point where it's just boring 
and your standing post and you're going around and you're talking to locals doing counterinsurgency stuff like making sure people or their needs are being met and you know you're being like a you're acting more like a good samaritan at that point than a than a a, a war fighter i hate that term but i'm using it um so it was just like kind of fucking dumb <laughs> for me and then uh so like that that had a lot of impact too on my my psyche i think as well mm-hmm. like that the level of extreme boredom like you have all that stimuli for consecutive months in a row and you're like i think that impacted you well beyond the few months that you were left there i think that stimuli impacted you oh i think it still does yeah i do too i i think it impacts every guy who's experienced combat on that level because there is no there you can try to replicate that dopamine and that adrenaline dump but there's nothing there's nothing yeah i'm sure i'd I'd rather not yeah but i was do you want to talk about you coming home yeah i think uh, i think we're probably at a good place to stop and talk hold off to the neck for the next episode about me coming home and those struggles because that was like a whole different yeah that is a whole all of this all of this plays into like the attitude and how different they are coming home even though you're so excited i think that was the biggest thing that nobody talked to me about so yeah i think it'll be that'll be a good thing to talk about because i don't think because nobody talked to me about it even when i was in the military nobody talked to me about what homecoming is like and how great it is but how the aftermath and what coming home is like Mm -hmm. yeah i'm i'm I was going to use the word excited to hear about your perspective of me before deployment and then your perspective of me after deployment and how much I changed. Yeah. Um, but I, I think it, excitement is not the right word. Interested. I'm interested to hear the, these perspectives because I, I'm not really um, aware of it. Yeah, I know. Like I wasn't these are parts of we were so early in our relationship that i think we were still in our own Mm. world really in our own idea of what our relationship should be yeah yeah so we'll talk about that next time Mm. okay all righty well love you love you too all right see you puzzle pieces see you later (laughs) toodles